The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. Good day and welcome to the latest episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print, the podcast for the print industry from The Print Files, where we dig deep into the big issues impacting the industry each month. I'm Wayne Robinson, editor of the Print 21 Media Hub. And I'm Lindy Hewson, publisher of Print 21 and of PK and Packaging News. Wayne, let's get straight to it. September was a very big month in print, with major developments across the board in commercial print, packaging, wide format and labels. Let's start with the merger of the two big industry associations, PVCA and TRMC. They are now one, which is great news, and it's excellent for print businesses and for the industry as a whole. Perhaps most exciting in the merger is the new board, which comprises a rich well of industry leaders. Uh, Yeah, absolutely right there, Lindy. There's nine uh, members in the new board, uh, drawn from across the industry, various sectors, print businesses of various sizes, huge experience, great leadership has been demonstrated by uh, the board members in the course of running their businesses, and many of them have been involved in the board of PVCA or TRMC in the past. The New president, following Peter Clark's unfortunate passing, is Matt Aitken, well-known industry figure, CEO of the IVE Group, the biggest uh, business in print by far. Uh, it's grown significantly since its uh, well, it's grown significantly over the past twenty years, but certainly since its launch on the stock market for uh, six years ago. Now coming up to six years ago now, gone into various different sectors. Um, Matt is the president. John uh, Jorgen Zaksos who is the uh, managing director of Spot Press in Sydney, a great guy. Everyone knows uh, John. He's the, he is the uh, deputy president. Uh, Rodney Frost, uh, honorary, he's the honorary treasurer, CEO of the Lamson Group, another well-known industry leader. And Stuart Fish, the secretary, he's the managing director of the label factory. Uh, so it's, that's the, uh, they're the board officers. And then they're supported by four other board members. Uh, Simon Carmody, well-known managing director of Spot Productions. Kevin Pidgeon, long-term uh, Litho man, uh, executive chairman of Lithocraft. Tom Eckersley, of course, very well-known person in Queensland there, managing director of the Eckersley Print Group. And finally, Nick Tut, he's the managing director of Quick Copy, Circular Key and French's Forest. Franchise groups uh, comprise more than 10% of the commercial print industry these days between the various brands there. So those eight people, plus the CEO, Kelly Northwood, Charles Watson, of course, handling IR governance, um, is a great set of leaders for the print industry now speaking with one voice um we're really looking forward to what they're going to be involved in and how they're going to engage with government and the other stakeholders yes and these they have already hit the ground running um already engaging with government on key issues staffing among them welcoming the return of skilled migration and the 20 percent increase in numbers it is also planning new initiatives in this area, the association is, that is. The new fee-free TAFE program has also been supported by PVCA, with, but it has got a major caveat, Wayne. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a great initiative. The Prime Minister announced at the um, job summit that took place in uh, September, 180,000 fee-free places for apprentices. Uh, but uh, P- PVCA made the point through Charles Watson that uh, while that's a great step, uh, that that funding for students needs to be matched by funding for them TAFEs themselves. Courses at TAFE that uh, cost money, and printing, of course, is one of those with all the equipment that's needed, the floor space that's needed, the power that's needed, uh, very different to running an art class or a French language class. 
Uh, you actually need a fair a fair bit of funding and resource be, be behind that. That's all been, or much of that has been stripped away over the years, leaving the nation's TAFEs that are teaching print and associated crafts, sign making and so on, uh, in a precarious state, many of them. There's a few exceptions. Holmes Glen in Victoria has been very well supported by industry rather than by government. So Charles Watson at, uh, TV, at PVCA uh, made the point to government and said to, they'll be continuing to make this point that while fee-free places are terrific, uh, the government really needs to step up and the states need to step up and start to fund these places because young people, of course, are the, the lifeblood of, of uh, any industry. Yeah, all industries need youth. Uh, print is no exception. And we all know that while its image may be that of a legacy trade, the reality is that it is a high-tech world full of opportunity and one that should be attracting young people. And one of the biggest areas of opportunity, according to the latest research by industry analyst Smithers, Wayne, is in digital print for packaging. Yeah, digital print for packaging, according to Smithers, which is the world's leading research agency for the print and packaging industries. Uh, according to Smithers, the uh, market opportunities in digital print for packaging is set to turbocharge over the next five years. They predict the market will actually double in size in just five years based on the CAGR compound annual growth rate of 11% a year between now and 2027. The research chimes with the upcoming live event, PKM Print Twenty Live event, which we'll just talk about in a moment. They say the Mark Smithers says the market, which is worth, which was worth $456 billion last year, uh, will reach $551 billion next year and will continue to grow. Um, they say at the same across the same period, uh, corrugated board, folding cartons, rigid, flexible plastics, metals, label stocks, uh, they'll increase as well uh, by more than 10%, uh, 13 trillion A4 print equivalents to 15.4 trillion. Um, Flexo will remain the most widely used print process in packaging. Um, long run corrugated board labels, they represent a large part of the market. Uh, but Flexo has a positive growth outlook. But the digital print uh, for packaging is going to be the key market uh, growth opportunity there. Yes, Print21 is reporting example after example of this growth with startup companies like the digital pouch printer EPAC booming. It is doubling in size and adding a second plant, as we've reported, in this part of the world. And a number of print businesses are also investing in digital labels and packaging. All the market forces, uh, it seems, are converging from print businesses of all kinds to be able to leverage their skill sets into digital print for packaging. And that brings us to a major event just announced, which any print business looking for new revenue streams is going to be keen to attend. Yes, of course, Wayne. That's our very own Print 21 plus PKN Packaging News live event, which returns after a two-year COVID hiatus. Now, print businesses eyeing the packaging sector will want to come to live um, this is happening next month on the 9th of November. This is going to bring together brand owners and printers to explore how digital packaging print solutions can drive demand. It will also attract anyone who's involved in that packaging, purchasing, decision-making process, um, keen to see what can be done with digital, digitally printed packaging and how that increases speed to market for small brands as well as big. Uh, yeah, Lindy, we're absolutely thrilled at Print21 to be able to present the annual Print21 PKN Packaging News live event, the half-day forum in Melbourne. Um, to, uh, we'll outline uh, what digital printed packaging could do for brands and, key for our constituency, how print businesses of all kinds can benefit or could benefit from entering this rapidly developing market. 
we've got a really exciting lineup, Wayne. I'm so um, thrilled to have our keynote speaker is Sonia Friedrich. She is a behavioral economist and someone who's really experienced in looking at what the things are that are driving purchasing decisions. And she's going to take a closer look at how the digitized world is influencing what consumers do and within that digital packaging. So that's really good. We're going to have an in-depth look at the, the superb case study for the Hungry Jack's Uno campaign. And we're going to look at all the parties that were involved in bringing together what was essentially a triumph of digitally printed packaging and with that smart packaging connection as well. And then we've got, we're hearing from people like EPAC, as we mentioned earlier, a fantastic example of a company that has started up and is really just going with the growth of digitally printed flexible pouches, and many other speakers besides. I could run through it all now, Wayne, but the link will be in the, the show notes so that people can see. Also interesting, of course, will be the talk I do want to mention from Ryan Davidson. He and his colleague Matt O'Connor will be speaking from Little Bang Brewery. Now, they saw a tremendous advantage as a result of using digitally printed labeling for their cans, which was all fired by HP Indigo, I would say powered by HP Indigo. And they look at um, how this is, has really helped to create a salesman from the beer can, <laughs> a salesperson from the shelf. So there's so much more on the day as well. It's going to go right through until 5.30. We'll have a panel of experts speaking as well. And we are going to end with a wonderful networking opportunity in a drink session after that. Yeah, it's, I'm looking at the program, Lindy, and uh, it's looking like it's going to be a great session. Those people that you've mentioned there, the keynote speaker, she'll be terrific. Ryan from uh, Lisselbang, I mean, that is a fantastic case study of how a print business uh, helped a small startup brewery, in their case, to become, as Ryan says, the salesman on the shelf because small businesses don't have uh, a lot of marketing power. So the label is it, and they were really able to use what they saw in the print technology to 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 give them that extra power which is now seeing them producing going from producing a few thousand cans to hundreds of thousands of them so there are going to be some great practical examples during the day of uh, what can be achieved what lindy what do print people need to do to attend the event well it's quite simple they can go to print21.com.au forward slash live so um it's on the website it's on the packaging news website as well and they can click a link there and book their their tickets now. Um, I did want to mention another brand that will be there speaking is Mingle Seasoning. Um, and they will be talking about the work that they did with Luminar. Now, Luminar, as you know, is a, an up-and-coming up rising star in digital print for packaging. And the, the work that they did together really escalated um, the growth for this startup they were a kitchen business manufacturing spice blends. And then um, as a result of becoming being able to be flexible enough to turn around their packaging quickly enough, um, they were able to get listed nationally in supermarkets. So it was re it's a really incredible story. And Mingle Seasoning and Luminar will both be there to tell that story. And they're the kind of stories that uh, are so important to hear. Uh, it's not. This isn't the theory. These are people that are actually making the move and doing it. Of course, you know it's not straightforward. Many challenges uh, and issues to overcome. But these people are doing it. And and the theory of digital print, uh, personalised, short run, on demand, enabling, 
big uh, big marketing budget for a small marketing spend, uh, that's uh, really what will come through on this day. Yes, and we're also going to hear from p- commercial printers who have made the switch as well um, to labeling and into packaging. So an example there is, is Leon Wilson from Revolution Print. So I'll, I'll stop talking about the lineup now, but I'm super excited about it, Wayne. No, it's going to be a great day, November the 9th. It's a, it's a half-day event. Yes, it's in the afternoon and it's going to be taking place in Melbourne um, for the first time. We usually run this event in Sydney, so we're bringing it to Melbourne this time and we're going to be at the State Library Victoria in the Conversation Quarter. Okay, fantastic. Well, we're looking forward to it. And as Lundy says, go to print21.com.au forward slash live, L-I-V-E, and you'll find out all the details there and you'll be able to book your tickets. And one of the first commercial print businesses that made a move into packaging was Platypus up in Queensland. Uh, it's a commercial printer. It's 40 years old. Uh, it, it didn't get into di- digital packaging. It got into mainstream packaging. Um, but they are an um, example, the Lush family business. They're a case study in how to leverage your commercial skill set into the packaging market. And now packaging represents the majority of their business. Yes, Wayne. And Platypus has just made a major investment as well. Yes, it's just bought the Avato packaging business. Uh, Avato packaging was based in Brisbane. It, um, Avato, of course, the big commercial heat set business went into administration. I've bought that side of the business. Uh, the sheet fed operation in Cairns and Auckland, uh, that's still up for grabs. But the uh, packaging business based there in southeast Queensland, uh, a, a significant business, a significant part of the uh, Ovato business. Now it's going to become part of Platypus Print Packaging. Uh, they've yet to work out exactly how it's all going to work, but uh, the, the business will transition, will move into the Platypus building uh, and uh, will now become uh, part of the company. Well, print industry consolidation continues to be a major trend. Wayne, perhaps you can tell us the key mergers that have taken place in September. Yeah, two or three notable mergers. Consolidation, as you say, Lindy, is a trend that's going on and will continue to go on uh, in the industry. Um Print communication solutions company Planet Press, an A1 print business uh, in Sydney, they've joined uh, Jefferies Print Services. Uh, Jefferies is A2, A3 print business, so it's a uh, it's a it's a perfect match. Uh, Baden Kurgan, well-known industry identity, he'll be the managing director of both companies. Uh, they will trade, uh, continue to trade uh, initially from their separate businesses, separate premises, but uh, next year they will join up, uh, join forces. The deal's been a long time coming. They're actually thinking about it before COVID happened. Uh, obviously, like many things, it was put on hold. Uh, but now it, uh, it's gone, gone together. Uh, the 30 staff now between the two companies. Um, Jeffries started by the Kurgan family uh, 44 years ago, 1978. Can't quite believe that was 44 years ago. Um, and the Marsh family, 1958, so 64 years ago. So uh, more than 100 years worth of, uh, of prints. Uh, experience there and a a great move Um, and then also we've seen uh, specialist trade supply Avon Graphics which has uh, had a a strategy of acquisition over the years Uh, they've acquired Lerimier and that brings 200 years of uh, print business under the one roof Um, Lerimier is a specialist Melbourne based specialist in forest stamping and embossing of course Avon is uh, widely regarded as Australia's leading specialist uh, embellishing company it has more than 80 staff Lerimia, 1876, it was started, so long-term business, uh, but they will now become uh, one business as well. So 
they're two of the examples there, Lindy, but there are uh, consolidation is happening and will continue to happen, of course, because the economics make it a, uh, a standout argument for that. Why have two printers printing, doing the same thing and working for five or eight hours a day when you can have one working for 10 or 16 or 18 hours a day? So, yeah, but they're all, I know all these businesses personally, they're all great companies. So uh, good to see the uh, people will still be involved there. Well, wide format digital print, of course, Wayne, is a major part of the armory of many commercial printers, as well as sign and display printers. Now, September saw some major moves in that sector. Uh, yeah, a couple of things to note there, Lindy. Um, Captivision Outdoor, one of the asset managers there, they are boosting their printed uh, assets significantly on the back of a rail contract uh, that they won, or a contract they won with the rail company. So, they really believe in print. Uh, print in the outdoor media sector is seeing a declining market share uh, as the years go on. Um, but the volume of print is actually not declining because the market is growing so much. Um, so we we mentioned that briefly last month, but that's really um, one of the big stories that's come through. So we started this podcast review of the month with the big print association, PVCA. Perhaps we're going to end it with major news from the Outdoor Media Association, OMA. Uh, yes, the Outdoor Media Association's CEO, Charmaine Moldrich, is stepping down from her role as CEO. Uh, she's been there for uh, 12 years in that position. Uh, she's been a leading light. She's taken that uh, association forward in leaps and bounds. Virtually everyone in that industry is now part of that association. The growth of outdoor media since Charmaine came on board, actually, for the past 20 years, apart from two quarters of the uh, global financial crash of 2008, that industry sector has been booming for 20 years. Of course, came to a grinding halt with COVID. Uh, and, it, you know, to say the market collapsed wouldn't be, a, wouldn't be an overstatement. Because, of course, if no one's going to work, if no one's flying, if no one's going to railway stations, no one's allowed to go to shops, all that print and all that signage just isn't happening. But since then, since the end of COVID, if we can say that, uh, since, let's say, since the end of restrictions anyway, the Outdoor Media Association has uh, seen its figures for its members, seen in the market, rebound to the point where it's almost now back at the pre-pandemic levels in a short space of time. Uh, Charmin Mulrich has done a great deal to drive that association forward, to advocate for outdoor print. And interestingly, one of the biggest issues that her successor will face is a growing move now in some of the major cities of the world uh, to fight citizens fighting back against outdoor advertising. Uh, they're basically saying, we don't want to walk past huge ads for McDonald's or guests or Calvin Klein when we're walking our city streets. And some cities are actually uh, banning outdoor advertising um, and not just junk food advertising, any any kind of advertising. Some are just banning junk food advertising. Some are banning fossil fuel, fuel advertising. And some are starting to think about should the citizens of their city be subject to the corporate communication to such an extent? Because obviously, as you walk around a city now, you, you'll see big, fantastic print, fantastic digital signage on just a little suburban bus shelters. I've got them, let alone CBDs. So it's becoming, this is going to be an issue for the, for the industry. It hasn't impacted the Australian shores yet, uh, but certainly an issue in Europe, continental Europe and in, and in the UK. Uh, and what happens there, of course, we know is likely to happen here. So that's going to be an issue that uh, Charmaine's 
successor will have to deal with. But for now, her uh, legacy, uh, she can take a pat on the back, I think, from everyone in the industry for the work that she's done over the past 12 years. It will be interesting, Wayne, to see what happens because, of course, if you think of major events where that kind of signage is so essential, outdoor media, where you those events depend on those sponsors for them to happen. So it is a bit of a, a controversial issue and, and can be challenging. And speaking of sponsors, I did just want to say to our sponsors for our live event and a reminder to people to go to print21.com.au forward slash live to find out more about the event and to book tickets. A big thanks to our sponsors, a shout out to them, HP and Curry Group, EFI, Ball and Dogged and Jet Technologies. We really couldn't do this kind of event without sponsors like that. And I think that goes the world over for all these big global events as well. So that brings us to the end now. We're going to wrap this up. This month's been a big month in print, has certainly had a lot to offer. And there can be no doubt, Wayne, as I always say, it has been a big month. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We do value your feedback. And now it's time for me to say goodbye. Yeah, thanks, Lindy. And it's also time for me, Wayne Robinson, to say goodbye for this issue of The Print Pass. We look forward to you joining us again for the next issue of It's Been a Big Month in Print. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print 21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print 21, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact Print 21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.